Welcome to San Diego News Fix, The Backstory. I'm Luis Cruz. Every week on this podcast, we discuss how decisions in our newsroom are made and tackle important questions about journalism ethics. Recently, San Diego Pride announced it was presenting the San Diego Union Tribune with the 2022 Spirit of Stonewall Service Award. Today, we'll be discussing our stance on receiving awards from advocacy groups. Joining me today are Union Tribune Editorial and Opinion Director, Matthew T. Hall, Managing Editor, Laura Sakalo, and we begin with Editor and Publisher, Jeff Light. Jeff? Okay, excellent. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Luis. Um, uh, yeah, this award from San Diego Pride is uh, one that I personally feel very proud of. Uh, and, and in part, I guess on reflection, it's because of my perception of the history of the UT uh, and it's uh, reporting on the LGBTQ community over the, the, the decades, right? So um, now I've only been in San Diego for a dozen years, so I haven't uh, lived this directly. Uh, but my, my sense of things is that like uh, many parts of society, I guess all parts of uh, society, um, the UT over the, over the eras has really struggled with its ability to uh, uh, embrace uh, uh, all corners of the community and to deal equitably and um, and uh, 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 inclusively with people of all sorts, right? So this has been a struggle we've seen in institutions uh, uh, across America. And that's why winning or, or being acknowledged with this award is, is particularly meaningful to me as the, as the publisher. Um, so I wanted to turn for a minute to Laura Sakalo, who's been in San Diego and at the UT longer than I have, with this uh, sort of difficult or loaded question uh, about um, what, what you could describe for us, Laura, about the history of the UT in its reporting on and posture toward the LGBTQ community in San Diego. It is a difficult question. I, I think, as you said, like most media organizations um, that have a long history, there, there has been difficulty and uh, some, you know, progress over time in terms of inclusivity and really capturing all corners of our community. Um, when I think back specifically to the history of the Union Tribune and its relationship with the LGBTQ community, one of the things that sticks out uh, in my mind is a very, you know, negative part of our history in the coverage of um, a controversy involving the police department uh, and investigations of activities uh, in a restroom at the old uh, May Company store in Mission Valley. And that was a huge controversy. This was probably early to mid seventies where they were essentially running like a sting operation um, in the men's restroom at this department store. And uh, the names of suspects were printed. Um, it became a big 
source of controversy. Uh, I think not only the store itself was the site of demonstrations. I, I think that the demonstrators marched on the Union Tribune building in Mission Valley as well. Wow. Um, wow. So like, uh, that is an ugly chapter. Essentially, a, uh, a, uh, the police is the arm of the community uh, targeting gay men based on their identity, sort of a community expression of hate. Right, and, right. And, then the, and, and us then, printing those right. names of suspects. Right, and um, then the media outlet, the platform amplifying that hate. Right, right. Yeah, and it was a uh, very ugly, ugly and shameful period. Um, and I think that's, you know, that was a, a difficult thing to deal with journalistically, I, I suspect. I wasn't, I wasn't at the Union Tribune during that era, but um, I think there was a lot of repair that needed to happen uh, in the community from that era. Okay, and then uh, 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 sort of going through the years uh, for, for, for uh, four or five years, I'm not even sure anymore, uh, the paper was owned by Doug Manchester, who was the largest, I think, largest individual donor. There might have been some other bigger institutional or union or something donors to the Prop 8 campaign to get, uh, that would have outlawed gay marriage, correct? Right, right. And those donations predated his ownership of the paper, but that obviously was uh, a huge controversy when he became the owner. Uh, and surfaced a lot of concerns about his uh, ownership and the possible editorial direction of the paper under his ownership. Right. And then in between there, and we were just talking about this a little bit offline, uh, the, the paper was uh, uh, owned by the Copley family for generations and for, uh, for, for quite a number of years by David Copley, who... Uh, I regarded as a closeted gay man in a in a Catholic family during a, a an era of uh, of um, uh, the, an oppressive era in the, in the history of the country, and uh, but also like a really formative one for for gay rights. Uh, and and in our back and forth, I think I learned from you. Well, is that even true, Jeff? So I guess I don't know the answer to that. And then you asked me some, uh, I thought some profound questions about, you know, whether that matters and uh, a person's public role versus their personal role. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you care to share any of that. Well, uh, just, about. you know, in, in the, the, the pre-discussion, <clears throat> you know, to my knowledge, and it is only my knowledge, um, I, I don't know that David Copley ever publicly declared uh, that he was gay. And, you know, there, there is a question about whether as a community leader, he had an obligation to, to declare that and um, what difference that may or may not have made um, in the perception of him or the perception of the union tribune in the community. Yeah. Pretty interesting questions. Um, Okay, so let's uh, move forward to today. Uh, Matt Hall, you uh, um, 
uh, have done a, a, a really remarkable job um, connecting to uh, to many people in the community and really centering the voices of uh, groups who have, uh, I would say, have been less heard in mainstream media uh, reporting, certainly in San Diego, um, and have received uh, received thanks and acknowledgement from from a few groups. So you know, today we're, we're talking about the St Spirit of Stonewall Award. And then last year, you and Laura Castaneda, the deputy uh, uh, opinion, uh, one of the two deputy opinion editors, um, uh, received the Courage, help me with the- uh, Yeah, it was the, the Courage in Journalism Award. Courage in Journalism, right. By the American Arab Anti-Discrimination Committee for um, kind of uplifting voices of, of that community. Right, so um, uh, uh, here are these two awards, uh, uh, that we're proud of, or that I'm proud of, uh, uh, certainly. Um, but we were talking earlier, some media organizations do not accept awards from advocacy organizations, I guess because of the, the sense that uh, we should be beholden to no one, uh, except for the, the truth. So I was wondering uh, how you think about these awards. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's uh, always great to be recognized, and especially when you're doing it for the right reasons, for righteous reasons. I mean, <clears throat> my family's Jewish, um, you know, and 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 one argument not to accept the award from um, uh, an Arab American or a Jewish or a Palestinian, um, you know, uh, a community is that there's more to the story than just one perspective. To, to me, we're trying to amplify all voices, right? So to me, that argument doesn't really carry a lot of weight. I think um, the job of a journalist in, in this day and age is to tell the whole story, not just for um, kind of public service reasons, but let's be honest, for business reasons. Too often, newspapers were run by old white dudes who didn't amplify any other voices. And what did those other communities do? Well, they stopped reading the newspaper which is one of several reasons why at this point in time, you know, the business is in dire straits. And so um, when I first took this job six, seven years ago, it doesn't really feel like that. You know, one of the things I started to do was how to get, to think of how to get more voices in the paper. And that really crystallized for me during the pandemic and during the immediate month, days, weeks and months after the George Floyd murder. Um, when we set out to do things that we hadn't done as an institution before, which is to devote whole pages to communities. Before, before then, you know, you could argue, well, you're, you're, you're omitting other, every other community that day by focusing on this one. Why are you doing that? Uh, to me, it was a chance to, as you suggested, to really center um, communities that, that um, are doing incredible things in our broader community. And so because of that, you know, we had whole pages devoted to the Arab American community or um, the LGBTQ community and many other communities. And to me, what was important is not just, not just doing that, that is important, but also it is important to include the voices from those communities in our other essays, right? So there were essays that had nothing to do with, um, you know, uh, gay rights, but we wanted to include voices from the LGBTQ community in those conversations because people are people. And that's, I think, why these awards are important because it's a, it's, a, it's a validation and a recognition that we really believe that, which as you pointed out, as you two were discussing, maybe the history of the Union Tribune hasn't always shown that to be the case by the people in power. 
Yeah, yeah, and uh, that was well said, by the way. And uh, I, I think you know the, those points that uh, I was insinuating about the UT uh, could certainly be generalized to mainstream media in every community, and uh, it remains a big problem. Um, I, I do have a follow-up question for you, but I did want to jump in and say, truthfully, as the person responsible for the business end of the company, um, the reasons driving uh, our, our community coverage are not really business-driven. Like if you look at, unfortunately, in media, uh, the most successful story, perhaps, in uh, media of the last 20 years is Fox News completely based on the inverse of everything that you're talking about or that we believe in or the way we run our company, right? right. Not based on centering the voices of uh, all parts of the community, but really based on driving uh, loyalty in a, uh, a favorable niche. Right. So uh, I just thought I'd get that out there. You know, I hear that. And to be clear, and maybe it's a fine point that was lost in my words, but I'm not saying we're doing it for business reasons. I'm saying that for too long, the institution of journalism has overlooked intentionally or you know, by focusing in other directions on um, many communities who no longer choose to get their news yeah. from, um, from, from, from certain pockets of journalism. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and I would say the greatest cost in that is the social cost, right? So when we look at America today, the information platforms uh, uh, form who we are. And the whole civic life and political life is, is formed around who thinks what and how are they getting those ideas? And so if you have a fractured and factionalized uh, media landscape, you're going to, you're, you're going to have a, a high price to pay, unfortunately. I think we're seeing that, but I'm wondering. Let me get back to a question for you, Matt. So, uh, uh, I think you've made the case for why celebrating these recognitions is ethical and righteous. Uh, but let me just ask uh, the other side of that, like the conflict of interest side. So we just uh, recently had uh, a sheriff's candidate endorsed by the editorial board uh, in the upcoming election, next week's election. The election is going on actually as we speak. Um, and then this tape came out of him speaking before a Republican club and um, uh, making some, some um, very like unfortunate, stereotypical, hurtful, and irresponsible comments about uh, trans uh, prisoners and about identity in general. And uh, uh, you then took the extraordinary measure of rescinding that endorsement. And so like, my question is, well, boy, if you're gonna rescind an endorsement based on the, in, the interests of a group and you're taking an award from that group, is that a journalistic problem? I don't see it that way. I mean, I think the decision we made was the right decision on a human level. It wasn't just because, you know, um, it, it plays into uh, whether our name is associated with an award. Um, you know, and just to be precise, that audio actually was in, in circulation uh, uh, before our endorsement. We didn't see it. It wasn't played prominently. It was a video at the end of a long story that you had to kind of dig through to know it was there. Some people knew it was there. We did not. But as soon as it was made, uh, 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 as soon as we were made aware of it, 
you know, we acted pretty quickly to rescind that endorsement. Didn't have it endorsed in the race. We said we'll revisit it in, in the fall. Um, but for me, it was a human decision, you know, just getting back to the basic of that. It is a pretty extraordinary step. It's very rare for any newspaper to rescind an endorsement in the middle of an election. Uh, but to me, it was um, it was a, a, a necessary call to stand up for people. And so I think it's a it's a it's a microcosm of you know, why the honor uh, was bestowed upon us in the first place, because for us, it's not equivocal. People are people. Um, Transgender women are women. Um, You know, and the comments that this candidate made were, um, you know, not just unfortunate, but um, unacceptable. And so that's how we viewed it. And we tried to explain that in our uh, retraction. Um, and, And I think it's one of the reasons why you know, groups like Pride um, see uh, a positive force in us because we don't just stick a finger in the air and see which way the wind is blowing. We, you know, it's kind of, you could make the case that it's embarrassing to have a retraction because it means that you missed something and we did miss something. And I don't care about the embarrassment. It was the right call. We, you know, we, 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 we made it. Uh, we'll, we'll live with the consequences. San Diegans have a difficult decision in this race, but the reality is people are people. And that I think is why you see these organizations seeing in, in the current um, leadership of the Union Tribune and its platforms, um, such a, such a positive force for not just their communities, but all communities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in that case, those comments were uh, uh, genuinely uh, dangerous to vulnerable people within the prison system. Correct. Uh, and then, uh, and then, sort of on top of that, the, this, this uh, um, uh, uh, exploiting vulnerable people to your own advantage in front of the crowd is sort of the definition of a lack of character. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I thought you definitely did the right thing there. Uh, I guess I just wanted to finish with. Uh, it's hard to put a bow on this, but just a general question about the reputation of the Union Tribune. I mean, the reason I think these recognitions are important is because it tells people something about, uh, about the reputation of the company. Um, and I think for all of us, the Union Tribune, because we, we, we see the people every day, is, uh, uh, comprises uh, uh, sort of mission-driven, uh, um, principled journalists who are at work every day for very little uh, um, pay uh, to pursue the truth wherever it takes them, right? So like a really, um, uh, a really uh, laudatory group of people, right? Which uh, uh, serves society um, through the mission of journalism. But I think for the community, the UT is also an, uh, an organ that's been owned by the we- some of the wealthiest and most powerful people in the community. And, uh, you know, in the case of the Copleys, made them uh, wealthy and powerful. So that sort of sends like different signals to the community about what the UT is. And I feel like as uh, one of these legacy media organizations, for the baggage it carries, is as a, a, a tool of the powerful establishment and that around the history of the UT, 152 years, maybe it's 153 now, uh, there's a lot of animosity 
built up around it, which creates a lot of dissonance because when you meet the people and read the work, it seems like the exact opposite. So uh, I guess I would just uh, wanted to hear some thoughts uh, from, uh, from the three of you on the, the, where the reality lies and, and what reputations you run into as a San Diego. So why, why don't we go, we'll go Laura, uh, Matt and Luis as the uh, community uh, uh, relations director, you can finish, I'll give you the last word. So Laura, what your experience of the, of being a, you know, you embody the UT, right? So as you walk through the community and meet people, you tell them you, that you work at the UT, uh, what are the kinds of reactions that you get and how does that all foot to your reality? Well, I think the reactions, well, they, they've run the gamut through the years. And as you said, there definitely is historic baggage that comes along with that. Um, I still meet people who view the UT very much as they did, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago and, and judge it by the same standards that they were judging it by 40 years ago. I think one of the things that is an obligation for us is, is to continue speaking about our values and, and making clear when we talk with people, whether on an individual level or speaking in front of groups or speaking to the, the readership and the community in general, is to really focus on those values, the things that we're trying to do uh, in the community and the value with which we hold the community. And I think some of these things that we've been talking about in terms of inclusivity and broadening the voices, whether it's in Matt's group or whether it's through our, our sourcing in our news stories to try to broaden that, uh, it makes a big difference. And as you said, when you talk with people about some specifics in ways that the Union Tribune has changed and evolved, um, it, it's, it is gratifying when you find that people are changing their opinion. Those who have held negative opinions in the past, if, if they truly listen and give us a chance and uh, maybe those people who have not been reading of late um, start reading again. They typically see a difference, and and that part is very gratifying. Yeah, I do. I it, like uh, one of the reasons the Stonewall spirit of Stonewall Award is so uh, meaningful to me is uh, I feel like like it's it, it, it's a miracle to be able to change somebody's opinion reputationally around an institution, I, you know, I actually felt like maybe, maybe it can never be done because uh, people read something in whatever year and they stopped reading. And so now they've got this, uh, this, uh, this opinion of you. It's very, you know, it's like a reputation. It's easy to tarnish it and very hard to, to rebuild it. Uh, uh, Matthew, uh, thoughts on this topic? Yeah, definitely. I mean, who 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 is the Union Tribune? We all are. Everyone who works there, um, including um, our delivery carriers. You know what I mean. So it extends from um, the very top down to uh, through the organization. And I think that comes with, you know, I think it was uh, Peter Parker who said, "With great power comes great responsibility." And I really believe that. Um, 
but it's also personal, right? So when I was a columnist in 2012, I got the Metro columnist job at the UT when Doug Manchester owned it. You know, Doug's a nice guy. I would talk to him in the uh, cafeteria. We would talk about our kids, um, you know, but I was also well aware of his politics and, and his politics weren't my politics. So some of my first columns were uh, meant to show people that we aren't all necessarily taking marching orders from Doug Manchester. So I wrote about whether La Jolla should secede from San Diego, which he supported. Huh. And I said that, I, I remember this line distinctly. I wrote that column was, that, that, that decision was so easy. I made it sitting down. Um, you know, uh, the answer is no. And I also wrote about same-sex marriage, as you talked about Proposition 8. My views on, on same-sex marriage, you know, um, our society's views now. And, and I think that has been well litigated. Um, that was a mistake on his part. And it does affect the UT institutionally. So it is a personal question, but it also is um, global in scope. And one, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to change the masthead recently to include all of the Union Tribune editorial board members so that it wasn't just three or four people whose names are associated with the Union Tribune on a daily basis when mm -hmm. people read the editorial page. But you see a variety of faces and voices, you know, women, um, journalists of color, I think so it's important to, to do that. And I'll just kind of close by saying, you know, it's on all of us every day to explain people why we're making changes like that, why we are approaching journalism like this, because for too often, broadly, journalists haven't really explained the importance of what we're doing. And you're seeing the cost for that, as Jeff alluded to, in society with people not even believing, you know, that the president is duly elected. So that's uh, a problem. And lastly, what I like about these awards and these community members is that there's, in, in giving the award, there is an in, an accompanying notice that we're being held to account, right? We may change our approach in the future and these groups, the public should hold us accountable and let us know when they think we miss. And that's feedback that we value, um, you know, so we take the kind of praise with the criticism and uh, use it all to making a better product for San Diego and a better San Diego in general. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well said, Matthew. Uh, uh, Luis, uh, now Matt said we are all the UT, and I think that's completely mm -hmm. true. And I think uh, in your job, you are uh, very often the face and the voice of, of the UT. So tell me a little bit about that experience and how, how you've navigated all that uh, as a way of winding up here. Yes, well, as community relations director, I get a lot of feedback from our readers. Uh, in terms of reputation, uh, there are still people that see us as uh, Laura and uh, and well, as everyone here has been talking about, um, see us as a, a right wing news media organization. And uh, and then there are people that uh, on the other side of the spectrum that says we're a left wing uh, media organization. So uh, sometimes you feel like uh, you can't win or you can't please everybody. But um as you mentioned, it's it's nice to be uh, recognized uh, by community organizations for the work that you're doing, uh, because it, it shows that they do uh, uh, value what we're doing out in the community and we are part of the community and we are supporting the community. Um, and it's not just, you know, San Diego Pride. Uh, we support over 50 organizations and events, uh, nonprofit groups every year. Um, in the interest of full disclosure, I should mention that uh, Fernando Lopez 
the executive director of San Diego Pride has been on our community advisory board for uh, over two years now. Um, I think Fernando uh, and San Diego Pride has learned more about the San Diego Union Tribune uh, through that experience. Uh, and also uh, I've joined the San Diego Pride board uh, this year as well. So I've learned about uh, San Diego um, Pride. Um, so, uh, you know, from a personal standpoint, uh, as a gay man, uh, I'm very proud that uh, the LGBTQ community in San Diego Pride um, has uh, seen the efforts that we are making to cover San Diego uh, and all of San Diego, not just um, certain segments of, of the community. So, um, so, so I do um see a lot of value in, in, in those recognitions, uh, in, in, um, in our reputation. Um, I guess I just want to close out by, by telling people about our, our mission. Uh, the Union Tribune's mission is to spread knowledge, build understanding, and create opportunities in the communities we serve. So uh, again, it's, um, whether people get mad at us from, you know, uh, one side of the aisle or the other side of the aisle, uh, I just want people to know that our journalists really, as you mentioned, a lot of them work. I mean, they work hard for maybe not, a, you know, journalists don't get paid a lot of money. Um, so they, they don't have an agenda. They, they really have their agenda is to seek out the truth. And um, and so that may not always please everybody. Um, but uh, I have a lot of respect for my colleagues and uh, and I just want uh, people to know that, uh, you know, they, they really take pride in, in the work that they do. OK, well said, Luis, uh, and uh, thank you, uh, panelists. That was a very interesting conversation. Uh, Luis, you want to sign us off? Uh, yes. Thank you very much, Jeff, Matt and Laura. That does it for this special edition of San Diego News Fix. Don't forget to listen to San Diego News Fix with Christy Totten for an in-depth look at local stories making headlines throughout the week. You can find San Diego News Fix wherever you get your podcasts. For everyone at the San Diego Union Tribune, thank you very much for listening. Have a great day, everybody.